0: My name is Eli. I'm Josh Calloway,
1: and I'm Austin Bearden. And welcome to
0: Shop Talk Sports, where we talk about football, both fantasy and otherwise. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is Patrick Mahomes. Um, And Austin, we'll start with you. We've noticed that he is now a legitimate quarterback in the NFL, both fantasy and otherwise. And what are some thoughts you have that that you've been seeing so far this year on him?
1: What are some thoughts? Well, I mean. It's incredible, really. We, we were talking about it earlier. You know, he's, he's setting records left and right, 298 yards per game, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 15 yards rushing. These are all averages per game, by the way, not just, you know, three-game stats. But the thing that impresses me the most about Patrick Mahomes is, is the spread of the ball. You know, Tyree Kill, 14 receptions, 310 yards, three touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, 16 receptions. Sammy Watkins, four receptions both guys with a touchdown it's he's showing a lot of maturity which him coming into the league or not coming into the league but his starter role um a lot of the concern was his accuracy and his decision making and he has he's shown that he's overcome both of those thus far um i think one of the things that we're concerned about is whether or not he's coming to a cliff um, and if he is, you know, Denver this week is uh, if if he's going to find a cliff, it, it could be very well against Denver with Von Miller, Chris Harris, Jr., Bradley Chud, Adam Jones. This is a really loaded defense. And uh, but from a fantasy standpoint, you know, we have to say, you know, start him until he falls off. Right. So, of course, I'm going to keep starting him. I have him uh on my fantasy team and so far he's he's led my team to victory every week and i'm going to keep starting him josh do you have any other thoughts or for
2: sure so uh one thing that i was going to touch on that you didn't there he's been sacked four times for the season uh and with all the dropbacks and attempts that he's had for the season four sacks is actually very very few he has no interceptions he has two fumbles but none of them are lost So you're looking at a guy with 13 touchdowns, no turnovers whatsoever, uh, only four sacks on the season. And so I think a lot of the credit needs to go to Mahomes, obviously, for his decision-making and his maturity is poised in the pocket. Um, A lot of credit also goes to the offensive line. He's had good protection. Um, Some of the credit then will go to Tyreek Hill. Obviously, um, when you have a guy like that where you can just throw it up and expect him to go get it, Tyreek has not let people down this year in that Uh, Richard Sherman blocked one pass that would have been like a 60 yard touchdown this past week. Um, But outside of that, it's been pretty much Tyreek winning those on the edge battles, the going deep and just beating people to the ball Um, in three games to have almost 900 pass yards and no turnovers pretty much unbelievable. (laughs) He's got a 67% completion rating. So Uh, That just, again, kind of speaks to his decision-making. From a fantasy standpoint, obviously you're starting him. There's no reason why you wouldn't start him. He hasn't given any indicators uh, of slowing down to this point. He does have a good and difficult matchup against the Broncos defensive line this week. Um, They have nine sacks so far this season in Denver. We all know that they're dangerous up front. Um, But the secondary has actually struggled a little bit throughout the season to this point. I know we're still early, but they're ranked 22nd in pass yards per game. They're allowing 262 pass yards uh, per game, and they've allowed five touchdowns to only their two picks so far. So I think Mahomes still has the opportunity to shine. This is not the number one rated defense. It's not a top five defense. Um, But I do think they are going to be able to up that sack number a little bit. They're going to get pressure on him. And we're going to see how Mahomes responds to that pressure uh, when he gets sacked two or three times. How does he respond? Is he still strong in the pocket? Does he still uh, make good decisions? Is he jumpy or what? what's he looking like? So I think this is a good week, good opportunity, good test for him. Uh, and I look forward to seeing it.
0: Yeah. And I agree. I, I think obviously you, you'd you be blind to, to think that Mahomes hasn't just absolutely turned all kinds of heads this year. But I will point out an interesting statistic that isn't directly Mahomes, but I think it's telling as to why Mahomes may be having so much success. Um, Kareem Hunt, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, has 52 carries for 168 yards, an average of 3.2 yards a carry with two touchdowns this year. Um, Obviously, that is a far cry from what he was last year. Um, You know, And so you look at it, and you can't help but believe that obviously they're stacking the box a little bit against them there you know um, really making sure they contain Kareem Hunt and also you look at the uh, just to play devil's advocate you look at the factor of Tyreek Hill uh, Travis Kelsey and um, uh, Sammy Watkins Uh, and that's a heck of a trio right there you know and then you add Kareem Hunt and that's four people that are game-changing, uh, material, you know, obviously Sammy Watkins seems like he needs a little bit of help to kind of show out the, the way he can, but he can still make any big play anytime. Um, so I would definitely like to see Patrick Mahomes take a few more, um, surgical shots. He had a, he had a play this past week where he was rolling out of his pocket. I'm sure everybody's seen it. He's rolling out of the pocket. He slips, almost falls down. He runs, and then he fires a ball into the back of the end zone. Uh, I can't quite remember who he threw it to, but that's a heck of a play, and I want to see more stuff like that. Um, and obviously everybody loves to see the long bombs to Tyreek Kill, and that's impressive, and, you know, I love it. It's a blast to watch that stuff just from a, um, a fan's perspective. Um, but also you look at it, and – There's really one game week two against Pittsburgh that really bolstered his stats. He was 23 for 28 and 82.1 completion percentage, uh, 11 yards uh, average per completion, 326 yards in the day, Um, six touchdowns. Without that, he also has a 55% completion percentage and a 63.2% completion percentage. So like I said, there's a little give and take. I think there's obviously been a lot of consistency as far as him really showing up week to week, but also there's a one big game that really, really kind of makes his stats even that much more unbelievable. I mean, obviously 13 touchdowns, whether it's one game bolstering that or not, 13 touchdowns through three weeks is pretty, pretty unbelievable. Um, So what do you think? Do you think a cliff is coming? Do you think um, this is the week? I mean, obviously you've got, you know, Von Miller, anytime you face Von Miller, he is a uh, second maybe only to Khalil Mack right now in uh, defensive line game-changing potential or outside linebacker, you know, pass rusher pass rusher game-changing potential. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think Denver does it to Patrick Mahomes this week? Um, my prediction what? personally is 220 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. I think Denver's defense is going to show up. I still think you have to take the upside and still start him as a QB1 for sure until he has a couple bad weeks. But um, what do you guys think?
2: I think to your point, that second game, though, it it really, really helped his completion percentage because on 28 attempts, he completed 23 of his passes uh, against the Steelers. And that's pretty, uh, pretty great for 326 yards. But I think his yard totals have been pretty consistent. Now, he had one game, his first game at 256 yards, uh, this most recent game at 314. So he's been in that 250 to 325 kind of range. Um, So though that Pittsburgh game did help him, I think that we have enough supporting evidence through the other two games to believe that this is probably who he is. Now, teams don't have all the film on him yet that they're going to have. They don't have experience playing against him, to your point, and we don't have uh, a whole lot of, times whenever he's made those surgical plays that you're talking about. And I think we will find a lot of that out against this defensive line of Denver. Um, But I think he has another pretty good game. I'm going to kind of meet his numbers in the middle here and project that he gets somewhere around the 270 to 275 yards, um, probably two touchdowns. I do think that he throws his first pick this week. Um, but I think about two seventy-five,
0: two touchdowns and a pick is what we're looking at. All right, Austin, how about your uh, fantasy starting quarterback? What's he doing for you this week?
1: If I have to, if I had to guess, I'm going to say two eighty-five with three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's he's got Denver this coming week, and he's got Jacksonville the following week. If if we're going to see a cliff, it's going to be within the next two weeks, and Denver very well could do it, but Denver has been pretty lax thus far in the passing game. They've done a really great job of stopping the run, but Eli, like you said, the secondary has shown to be a little weak, and I'm not really sure what's going on there. I mean, you look at Chris Harris Jr., Adam Jones, Bradley Hub catching pressure off the side, Von Miller catching pressure off the other side. This is a really talented defense on paper, but they've been dissected a few, a few times, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do it again. So, let's say 285 three touchdowns zero picks
0: which all three of those stat lines are pretty good obviously me having him with the two picks you know you never want to see that from your quarterback but um just from a if we're looking at it totally away from a fantasy football perspective I'm I'm still calling them with the win um because I have little to no faith in case Keenum um but um yeah I, I just think that you know their offense is going to be too much I think uh when they're pinning their ears back trying to really contain Patrick Mahomes because I think a lot of defenses moving forwards are going to kind of be looking to not be embarrassed by Mahomes like a lot of teams have been the first three weeks. Uh, so I think they're going to pin their ears back and really go for him, but I think that's also going to free up some space for uh, Kareem Hunt, and I think he's really going to show out. Um, any final thoughts on it?
1: I think I think that, you know, you said it was going to free up a little bit of space for Kareem Hunt. This is something that I've talked about earlier, but I uh, forgot to mention before. Uh, I think that, we have a real shot at seeing Patrick Mahomes use his feet this week. Um, you know, Von Miller, uh, with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb uh, both coming off the edge, there's going to be a lot of leaving the pocket, which is something that we've seen him do. Um, we saw him do it really well in college, and uh, Josh brought up sack stats uh, earlier. It's not something that we've had to see him do a whole lot uh, here in the NFL, but. I think if we're going to see it, we're going to see it this week. So let's, let's say this is the first week that we see uh, Patrick Mahomes go for 50 yards rushing.
0: Yeah. Well, I suppose only time will tell. Um, so going from a quarterback who is um, kind of new on the scene, uh, his first year starting and showing out, uh, let's go to another mainstay who was in fantasy over the past few years um and we're shifting our attention to a running back now and a, a very popular talking point at this point is uh levy bell he's Oof. continuing his holdout with the pittsburgh steelers but in his absence james connor has uh shown up in in a couple games and there's been another game where he didn't show up quite so much um at this point on the year james connor has 54 carries for 213 yards 3.9 yards a carry with three touchdowns not bad at all um you know, but is that uh, number one running back material? So my question is, um, has James Conner lowered the value of Le'Veon Bell, both in fantasy and in regular NFL? Um, And then part two to that question is, when will Le'Veon Bell come back and where do you think he's going to end up? Josh, let's go ahead and start with you. What do you think, my man? So
2: I'll go ahead and answer part one of that question, then hear what you guys say, and then move on to part two. Um, I think that, Le'Veon Bell's value is pretty well established in the NFL, both in fantasy and in actual football. Um, He's one of the most talented NFL running backs in the league. I don't think anybody will really argue that uh, when it comes to on-field performance, Le'Veon Bell shows out. Uh, You're looking at a guy who has had uh, over 5,000 career rushing yards. Um, So, I think his value is established. I think Connor has done a good job filling in. Um, the announcers actually on during Monday's game made a good point that Le'Veon Bell per game would be making two hundred thousand dollars more than James Connor is going to make throughout the season. <laughs> it's and crazy. it is crazy, but there's a reason for it. Um, Le'Veon Bell's earned his money. I'm not saying that he should continue to hold out or that I'm supporting the holdout or anything like that. Um, but he's earned his money and there's a reason he gets paid that kind of money. Um, he's uh-huh. a great running back. I do think Connor's done a good job. I I see him as a low RB one, maybe a high RB two or a flex. Um, because I think what you've seen is kind of what you're going to get. He's going to average around four yards of carry. Um, and it's going to come in spurts. We saw this Monday, um, he really, really struggled for the first part of the game, and then when the game was kind of down to the line and Pittsburgh was trying to get first downs to run out the clock, he just kind of showed up and got 40 yards out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so I really like to see that. He's got the three touchdowns. He's a good receiver. He's got good hands. I think we might see him get into the end zone uh, this weekend. I'd like to see that. But uh, I think Connor's more of a hybrid running back than Le'Veon is. He's not as patient as Le'Veon is. He's kind- more of a hit the hole and run north and south kind of guy, so sure. that's those are my thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, and I think I think when you're looking at James Conner, I think he looks a lot more like a flex option, um, you know, because he hasn't shown any consistency to this point. You know, there's one game against Kansas City where he had eight attempts for 17 yards, 2.1 yards a carry. Um, first game, Cleveland, 4.4 yards a carry, 135 yards. That was a really big game. That's a great great first appearance on the year, and then against Tampa Bay this past week in week three. Um, he had 15 carries for 61 yards. Um, he did lose a fumble in week one, which, you know, isn't isn't the end of the world, but obviously you don't want to see that from from your number one guy. And so um, having said that, he also has five receptions in every single game this year. Uh, uh, game one against Cleveland, uh, five receptions, 57 yards. Kansas City, 48 yards. And then Tampa Bay this past week, 34 yards. Um, and so he's obviously present in the passing game. Um but at the same time, I think we can all kind of have to agree that Le'Veon Bell is one of those running backs in the NFL that you can't really replace, no matter who it is. You know, you replace Le'Veon Bell with somebody like Todd Gurley. Like they're in that conversation. And these other people really aren't touching that conversation, in my opinion at least. Austin, what do you think?
1: Let's listen to these stats real quick. So of course we're only coming through week three. We're coming up on week four now. Uh James Conner currently is averaging 71 yards a game. Le'Veon Bell, uh, rush yards per game. Le'Veon Bell in 2017 averaged 86 yards per game. James Conner is averaging, or James Conner has three rush touchdowns on the year, not averaging. That's what he's got total thus far. Le'Veon Bell had nine last year. James Conner is averaging 46 receiving yards a game. Bell was averaging 43 last year. These numbers are really similar. And right now, James Conner, if he were to play all 16 games of the season, is actually on pace to have more rushing touchdowns than Le'Veon Bell did. So last are you putting
0: year. him on par with Le'Veon Bell at this point?
1: I'm not putting him on par. I'm telling you that... Pittsburgh is starting to care less and less whether or not Le'Veon wants to come back to Pittsburgh. Hot takes, hot takes. That has significantly lowered Le'Veon's value in the NFL, and it's it's lowered his value for Pittsburgh and for other teams. You know the other teams that you know Pittsburgh has opened up, and they said that they want they've now they want to talk about trades. They're entertaining trade ideas, and and. All of that's because, wow, we're, we're putting on, even though they're still losing and tying games, they're putting themselves in position to win these games. You know, they won over Tampa Bay, which was a huge wham with Ryan Fitzpatrick somehow still managing to throw over 400 yards. And James Conner is showing that, hey, my name's not Le'Veon Bell, but I can still do it all. And I think that that significantly lowers Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely. Uh, value in Pittsburgh, so.
0: I mean, we're looking at it from a perspective is – if we're looking at it from the perspective is Pittsburgh going to be okay, absolutely, they're going to be okay. Um, Absolutely. So let's answer the question yes or no. Let's start with you, Josh. Uh, Does James Conner lower the value of Le'Veon Bell?
1: I think
2: think that he probably does to an
0: extent – but I don't think he replaces Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely, Austin. You think yes, he does lower the value, but doesn't replace.
1: I I think the same thing. You know, of course, Le'Veon Bell's a guy that's totally irreplaceable, like you guys were saying. Um, there's just there's just this magic factor of Le'Veon Bell that you know after he leaves, the whole team feels that. But James Conner very is doing a great job at stepping in and making sure pittsburgh isn't bleeding
0: absolutely really quick before we move on uh let's all pick one team one team that you think uh levy might fit with austin starting with you
1: (laughs) all right let's go indianapolis okay and i'm still standing by this one uh who's the last person to run the ball in indianapolis we're gonna say frank gore because uh marlon mack he's not doing it he's sleeping on the sideline right now (laughs) <laughs> Indy Indy has the money to blow Andrew Luck is dying for the help T.Y. Hilton is showing that he's still T.Y. Hilton the only thing that they're lacking besides 11 men on the other side of the ball is a running back and they got the money to spend on it Le'Veon Bell's asking for a lot of money uh, yeah. Indy's got it in their pocket I want to see him in blue Okay,
2: Josh I'm going Tampa Bay so Oof. I think the, the Buccaneers may have more salary cap issues than Indianapolis would uh, but I also think that Tampa Bay has to do something about their running game. Why is Fitzpatrick able to throw for over 400 yards a game? Because there's no running backs on the team. He's lining up in <laughs> shotgun uh, in empty sets with nobody in the backfield because there's no point in bringing somebody back there and running a play action when everybody on both teams knows you're not going to run the football. You got Peyton yeah. Barber and Jacquez Rogers and Ronald Jones, and nobody can do it in Tampa Bay. And I think if, Le'Veon wants a place where he can be utilized the way that he wants to be without having to carry the entire team on his back. Tampa Bay is a great place for him.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. That seems like a pretty good choice. I'm going to go with uh, probably an unpopular opinion by a lot of people, but I'm going to go with New England because um, I think you pair Le'Veon Bell with Tom Brady and uh, the mind of Bill Belichick, and I think that could really be the potential for someone special or something special. yeah Yeah, as if New England needed any more reasons to have everybody hate them. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, you look at it. Who was the last great person, last great player that Tom Brady was paired with? Terrell Owens. (laughs) I'm going to go with Randy (laughs) Moss. Um, You know, Tom Brady has never had this big all-star cast, and so if you really pair him with a really strong running game, I think the way he makes the players around him better, I think he can make those players even better by extension from the threat of Le'Veon Bell. Even if they don't give it to him but twenty times a game, fifteen times a game, you know, both passes and rushes, you have to account for Le'Veon on every down. And so I would have to I would have to go with uh, New England as just a terrifying option that I pray never happens. Um so next thing we're gonna look at, we're gonna bounce back to quarterback a little bit. And we're looking at um Baker Mayfield. So oh, he my he played in <laughs> he, he played in some limited time um just over just over uh two and a half quarters uh this past week against the New York Jets. Brought his team back from fourteen nothing. They were losing. They come back and win the game. Um so what do you think? What do you think about Baker Mayfield? Is is he the answer in Cleveland? Is Tyrod Taylor totally done? Um and more importantly to us, is he a reliable starter on a fantasy team? Uh Austin, let's hear it.
1: All right. Let let's go ahead and get this out of the way now. Tyrod Taylor's done. He's toast. Stick a fork in him. He's over. He's done. He he left the field with a concussion. 4 of 14 with 19 yards total through the air. That is trash. That's if if I were to take the current quarterback for the high school football team in the city that I live in, he could also go on to an NFL field and maybe throw a 4 for 14 for 19 yards. It's it's garbage. Baker Don't Mayfield Don't hurt him is, like that. Baker Mayfield is the answer in Cleveland. For now, I don't know if it's long-term. I would like to think that it is. I have a lot of hope in Baker Mayfield, but I can't tell you for sure. I can tell you that in two quarters against the Jets, he had 201 passing yards, 17 of 23, zero interceptions. We saw him get out of the pocket. We saw him move around. We saw him make guys miss. We saw him take off. We saw him thread the needle a couple of times. We also saw him get a lot of help from his receivers. He's a rookie, you know. But I think that he can be successful both on the field and on a fantasy team, and here's why: This guy's surrounded by Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku, and arguably one of the best running back or uh, receiving running backs in the league, Duke Johnson Jr. It's he's he's got tools. He's you know they have some questionable things going on on the offensive line, but he's already proven hey I can get out here and I can make guys miss. I can extend plays. Um, You know, in college, he was a he was over a 70 percent completion rate, uh, 11.5 yards per attempt, 43 touchdowns and six interceptions in his final season. I mean, he's he's legit, you know, as far as his off of the field stuff, you know, that he came into the league. It was questionable, Uh, but none of that's affected who he is as an NFL player yet. And as long as it stays that way, I don't see any reason why he can't be very successful in this league. Um, if you're going to, if you're looking at starting him, you know, if if you were one of those people who had Jimmy G uh, or one of these other quarterbacks that Tyrod Taylor, who who isn't going to be playing for the rest of the season, Baker Mayfield is a very viable option. Um, I don't know about this week, uh, but let's see how he plays. And, and if he has another, you know, good game where he has over 200 yards, maybe a touchdown or two, Stays away from the turnovers. I think that it's reasonable to expect him to start on your fantasy team and and put up a decent amount of points.
0: Listen, and I think we're also to the point to where everybody kind of understands that there's you know seven to ten quarterbacks in the league who are must starts every single week, other than their bye week. Sure. Um, and so really everybody in the NFL is, is pretty expendable as far as fantasy. You know, everyone is a match make, is a match uh, a matchup type person. Um, and I think Baker Mayfield is no different. Obviously, I, I would probably not start him on my team quite yet. I would want to see at least two or three weeks worth of tape on the kid just because he's a rookie. Um, you know, and you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. I think um, we as fans tend to forget a lot the value of having tape on a guy, you know. And so you have people preparing for Tyrod Taylor, which um, unlike Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston – um, have very defined skill sets. You know, Jameis Winston's not going to run all over the place. Ryan Fitzpatrick will. Tyrod Taylor, is that dude can get it. Um, but Baker Mayfield, he can move, but he's not really known for his moving. Um, he's not
1: outrunning the defensive end. Yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know – but a fun little thing that I read about earlier, you know, Jarvis Landry was saying that they had to turn up the turn up the heat on the jugs machine a little bit because Baker Mayfield has so much zip on the ball. Um and so those <laughs> are things that you take into account, you know. It's 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 a whole different quarterback, receivers are catching balls from a guy who is different from the guy who they caught all through OTAs and training camp. Obviously, they got a few reps with Baker Mayfield, but um but yeah, you know, I think it was an impressive showing, you know, for him to come off the bench cold. Uh Tyrod goes down with a concussion, and uh, Tyrod, Tyrod, I don't know. Um, I don't think it matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he goes to the bench with a concussion, and Baker Mayfield goes out and competes and does well from the first snap. I mean, it, I think I don't have enough to say he's going to be good or bad, but I can say in his first showing, he looked like he belonged, which is all you can really I ask agree. of a rookie. I agree. Um, Josh, what do you what do you got for us?
2: Well – I think first off, when it comes to Baker Mayfield, a lot of what Baker has are the intangibles that you can't really just measure on the stat line. With that said, uh, <clears throat> to Rod's stat line was pretty awful. Eric. And yeah, you're looking at four of 14, as Austin, you pointed out. And, and I'll start with I don't like seeing anybody go down with an injury. Uh, sure. I, I yeah. hate it for Taylor. Uh, we're thinking about him. Hope he gets better soon. Uh, but with that said, Baker was drafted because they intended for Baker to be the future of the franchise. Absolutely. And in Cleveland, that doesn't mean much. They have drafted a whole lot of future of the franchise guys.
0: I think like seventeen last time I saw.
2: And it, and it <laughs> hasn't worked out. But I think that Baker may end up being what they wanted and what they hoped that Johnny Football could be.
0: all right. Oh, he's coming <laughs> back, man. He's coming back. You don't you don't give and, up hope yet. And, and no change Johnny back.
2: football either. Johnny's working real hard to to turn things around. And uh, from my understanding, things are actually going okay in the CFL. Hope the best for him as well. But Baker is a gamer. Uh, he has the it factor. He gets the crowd involved or uh, interested. It's been a long time since you've seen a Cleveland Browns stadium uh, the way that it was. Absolutely uh, excited and ready to go happy to be there. It's been a long time since you've seen somebody in Cleveland throw for 200 yards on 17 completions. Um, So he threw the ball real well, looking at 74% completion percentage. That's all you could, that's more than you could have hoped for. And I think that's why it's such a topic of conversation. Um, Eli, to your point a minute ago, I think he was actually came in with like a minute to go in the second quarter. So you're, you're not looking at much film. That could be good or it could be bad. He doesn't have a lot of experience, um, but also people don't know what to expect. I I think that's intriguing. I think that's interesting. I think from a fantasy football standpoint, you can't start him based on two quarters of football unless you are in a real mess uh, with your quarterback spot, and you may be. So he may be worth the wild card for you. But I think if you have another option, You may pick him up on the waiver wire if he's available, set him on the bench for a couple weeks, see how things go because he may turn into a viable option. Um, This week's matchup is against the Raiders. The the Raiders season is not going how they hoped for and what they paid for to this point in time. Uh, Turns out whenever you trade away, your Hall of Fame defensive lineman, (laughs) things don't go well from a quarterback pressure perspective. So uh, the Raiders have a a lot of issues at the moment. And I think that may open up a little bit for Cleveland right now. According to odd shark, Oakland is about a seven point favorite and that's probably fair. Uh, You, I don't think if I was in Vegas, I could tell you that Cleveland should be predicted from a betting point of view to win anything when they've won one game in two seasons. So I think the I think the prediction is fair there, but with that said, they haven't had Baker before. They've got him now. He looked good. I look forward to watching him over the next couple of weeks.
1: Well, yeah. it's it, I'm sorry like. With uh, with Baker, it's uh, we could go on and on and on about Oakland. I have a million things to say about Oakland. You traded Khalil Me- what are you anyway? With, with Baker, it there's probably in most fantasy leagues right now there's probably still quarterbacks like Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota. Uh, I've seen Derek Carr a lot. They're still on the waiver, you know. And right now, I don't think that Baker is a player who's going to play better than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's been on fire lately and if you're having quarterback struggles and Andy Dalton is still on the waiver go yeah. ahead and pick Andy Dalton oh, yeah. up he's your guy but I do think that by the end of the season we can see Baker Mayfield flow his way into being able to compete with those top guys that are still on the waiver and maybe like you were saying Josh if you're having a mess if you have a big quarterback issue and uh you know even for the 12 to 14 team leagues, Baker's Baker's going to be a very viable option by the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing that you can't ignore um, as we're wrapping up, uh, talking about Baker, you know, I don't even think when Johnny Manziel was playing for Cleveland, I don't even think I, I remember seeing the stadium come alive the way it did with Baker with him, oh no you know, and he had a ton no, of, I, totally with him. Agree. I, I Everybody can't, Everybody was
1: excited about the Bud Light.
0: The, <laughs> the last, yeah, true. The last thing I remember of Cleveland getting this excited was with Robert Griffin, the third, um, who had a heck of a season, you know, he had a heck of a, uh, uh, first season with the Cleveland Browns. And then, you know, everything obviously went to the wayside. So we're hoping for a little bit something different from Baker. We're hoping he has a little bit of consistency to him and they can um, kind of roll on and turn a new page. And, and heck, man, let's get to three wins. Let's,
1: yeah. start, with, let's start with something let's doable. Let's get let's to three
0: wins, and then uh, then we'll expect some bigger things. Really quick, before we move on, it has very little to do with fantasy, but I am very impressed with Denzel Ward to this point. He's doing a great job. Yeah, I, absolutely. I
1: hear you. I hear
0: you. So, um, we're a little quarterback heavy in this this episode, but that's okay. Uh, everybody Cleveland's loves, going to the playoffs. Cleveland's Gosh. going to the Super
1: Bowl. I just, just want to don't make sure everybody me. heard me say it here on this <laughs> podcast first. Um, we on.
0: So, we're going quarterback heavy this week. We're going, uh, going with another quarterback, um, and I think it's pretty easy to guess who we're talking about because – uh, other than Patrick Mahomes, he's been setting the NFL on fire. Um, we're going to be talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit um, for the two 2000- thousand yeah I know right two thousand eighteen season. He has seventy point three percent completion percentage, um, one thousand two hundred and thirty yards. Oof. Um, <laughs> yeah, eleven yards per completion. He's averaging four hundred and ten yards a game, which is a, um, a a stat that's been covered recently. Is he's the uh, first quarterback in NFL history to throw for four hundred yards three games in a row. Um, he has 11 touchdowns, four interceptions, um, 124.8 passer rating. I mean, the dude is balling. You can't that deny good. that he's balling. sounds good. I'm pretty sure that's good. So, yeah. If, Somebody if, needs if, to test this man <laughs> for steroids. If you don't yes. watch football, those numbers still seem pretty good. It's um, crazy. <laughs> you know, so Ryan is, is doing a heck of a job, you know, and, and it jumps out on the page, you know, a nine point nine touchdown percentage. I mean, that's it's wild. Like he's he's doing an outstanding job. Um and most importantly, he's got Tampa Bay off to a two and one start. Now now before we jump into his fantasy value, there's a little bit of a uh little bit of a quarterback controversy that's stirring up, which in my opinion shouldn't be a controversy in any way, shape, or form. But Jameis Agreed. Winston is set to return from a suspension over his uh Uber escapade and um that's so what do you guys think Ryan Fitzpatrick so, versus Jameis Winston go ahead Josh let's hear it
2: all right so I got a couple of points on that number one why is Jameis suspended
0: who
1: is that <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, who cares Jameis Winston is irrelevant it doesn't matter why he's suspended well I
2: think it does I think it does you got Jameis is suspended uh this is not the first time he's had off the field trouble um when you're looking at a quarterback in the NFL GMs, coaches, and players
0: need a leader. Really quick, Josh, before, before you go on, if, if anyone didn't know, which I believe everyone probably does know, uh, there are allegations that Jameis Winston groped an Uber driver. And Wasn't so, this
1: about two years ago, though?
0: It was a while ago. I don't remember the so, exact time so, frame. But.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, I'm not defending Jameis Winston because I I think that I've made it clear to everyone who knows me that I don't particularly care for him as a human being or as a quarterback, but a lot of people like to talk about Jameis' off-the-field issues, and he actually, over the last two years, hasn't had any. They've sort of disappeared. They're still lingering because he's still being investigated, and he was just uh, suspended for the entire thing that started two years ago. But over the last two years, I think that he's sort of stepped up and tried to mature. I don't know how long or how far it's going to go as far as long lasting maturity, but.
2: All right. So from, we'll talk then from a purely football standpoint. Now I still believe Jameis has his off field issues, but I believe that there are other quarterbacks in the league that also have off field issues and they are leading their team from within the locker room and things are going well. So we'll, we'll leave that where it lies, but from a, purely football standpoint. Eli, you point out he's throwing for 410 yards a game. Oof. Um could you use that on your fantasy team? <laughs> I mean, I've got Aaron Rodgers, so I'm I'm not like I'm not hurting, right. but but, yeah, I mean, 410 yards could, yeah. is absolutely insane. Anybody could use it on their fantasy team because that's better than everybody else. These are so mad
1: numbers. True, They
2: are. They're, right. they're absolutely crazy. A stat about Jameis from 2017 played 13 games through four, over 400 yards, exactly zero times. <laughs> The, the most yards he threw for in any game in 2017 was 384 yards. Um, most of his games were not even close to that. In two games, though, there were some situations that determined it. Th- he threw for under 100 yards in two of the games. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's when you look at that versus what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done, I don't know why there would be a, a quarterback controversy other than the fact that Jameis has been the starting quarterback in the past. If they had just brought Jameis in off the street from another team Then this would not be a controversy. Jameis, from a statistical standpoint, is the second best quarterback on that team right now. Uh, Last season, throws for nineteen touchdowns to eleven interceptions. I'm pretty sure that Fitzpatrick is going to throw nineteen touchdowns within the next couple of weeks. So, probably probably, by next week. It's possible. (laughs) <laughs> right. And so from a statistical standpoint, from a wins and losses standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, this shouldn't even be a conversation. This should be Ryan Fitzpatrick's team. Uh, you're looking at a two and one record. Um, and I think that if you stick with Fitzpatrick and you continue to build the offense around that, they've got an incredible amount of weapons in Tampa Bay. And I think most people know that between OJ Howard and, um, mike evans deshaun jackson there's guys everywhere and except at running back except at running back we talked about that however (laughs) Jaquiz rogers was useful in the screen game a couple of times uh on monday and it actually helped him out getting in near the goal line actually where fitzpatrick struggled the most just from watching the game appeared to be when they got inside the 10 yard line and he didn't have space anymore um the Steelers were able to get a lot of pressure on Fitzpatrick that obviously led to the three picks in the first half that was a terrible half whether that was whether the interceptions you you want to blame them on him or not on him they happened and football is a wins and losses game and that's what people care about but um Ryan Fitzpatrick has played great I think he's out he's played better in this short window than Jameis has played ever in his career and I think that you have to go with Fitzpatrick if you're the head coach of Tampa Bay. And I think you have to go with Fitzpatrick if you're managing a team. Absolutely. A I agree.
1: Absolutely. Go ahead, Austin. And, and you were talking about wins and losses. Last year, the Bucks had five. As of right now, they have two. They're halfway there, and we're creeping up on week four. They're, like you were saying, there should be zero debate. Ryan Fitzpatrick, like you were saying, Josh, is he – he showed a little bit that he was human last week uh, or on Monday night uh, against the Steelers. And, you know, I, I get it. Uh, He was, was it Monday night or Sunday night? Where am I at now? But
2: definitely Monday.
1: Was it Monday night? Okay. So he showed that he was human, you know, he threw three picks and, and Eli and I actually (laughs) debated quite a bit (laughs) about that (laughs) in, in the following day, you know, like there's, three picks are really hard to excuse and, and I get that I think that a lot of it was that he saw a pressure on Monday night that that he hadn't seen in the previous two games you know he got hit a lot um I think he was sacked six times in that game is that right it was somebody a tell me. yeah uh, and outside of him being sacked he was hit 12 times without a sack you know and that got
2: them lots of penalty yards. It did. Yeah, it it
1: did. got them. It did. it did. And we can talk about that another time, because if we want to talk about the quarterback protection rules right now, we could spend an entire hour just listening to me yell.
0: We'll probably talk about that
2: the next Zebras week. The Zebras did a great job of keeping the drive alive.
1: Yeah. The, yeah, they did. And, you know, they got a lot of help. But Ryan Fitzpatrick did what veterans do. He came out in the second half. He put those three interceptions behind him. And he took the game head-on, still managed to finish the game with three touchdowns and over 400 yards. And that that's impressive to me. That's not something that I see Jameis Winston doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and as far as I'm concerned, as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is healthy, he deserves to start on that team. And Absolutely. as long as he's starting on that team, if you have him on your fantasy team, you better be starting.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm obviously with you 100%. I think anybody who uh, looks at the numbers he's put up you would be crazy to not start him I think you know obviously is in the conversation for early season MVP um, for whatever that's worth Um, (laughs) you know him and Patrick Mahomes obviously are the two quarterbacks who have shown out the most you know typically we're used to names like Brady and Rogers and Russell Wilson and Cam Newton and these people in the past five years or so who have really set themselves apart in the early weeks and this year we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, so...
1: And it's refreshing.
0: Happy Happy new football exactly year. exactly how Carlos we planned <laughs> yeah. yeah, happy new football year. So, but yeah, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's balling out. I, I'm of the opinion that even though some of those interceptions weren't his fault, they were really terrible decisions. Um, but as Austin said, he did what pros do. And he came, and where he could have left his stamp on the game being a terrible, bad stamp... And he turned it into man. He he was not the reason they lost. Yeah, you know the reason they lost is because they couldn't execute in the end, and he was part of that. But it's not like you look at that game and say Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason that they did it. Is the like reason we that they couldn't
1: with Kirk Cousins. Well, yeah,
0: honestly,
2: honestly, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason that game was close because without yeah. him, that game's not close at all from Absolutely. the start. When they fall behind, there is no comeback.
0: Absolutely, and and you, you look at that and you say you know what. Uh, Hats off to to Ryan Fitzpatrick for turning the game around and changing the narrative from the the magic is gone. Magic was a, a two-trick pony, and he's never doing it again to, yeah, he had a bad half of football, but he did what MVP caliber players do, and he turned it around. And I'm not saying that he's a full-season MVP yet. You know, I'm going to have to wait until week eight or nine and him keep this production level up. But as of the first three weeks, he's playing at an MVP caliber, which I never thought I would say about Ryan Fitzpatrick. So
1: you know yeah, it is crazy to say Ryan's Fitzpatrick for uh president twenty twenty, by the way. But this is an interesting stat. Uh just to sort of show you the the difference between who we've seen and who we're currently seeing. Average passer rating through his career is seventy eight point four. Two thousand eighteen quarterback rating as of right now, having had a game with three interceptions last week. we're talking about a guy who is has left earth and is now throwing the ball from a different dimension he just needed a 15
2: year warm-up he's ready to go
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's it
0: well you know obviously we all can't wait for week can't wait for week four to get underway so we can see if uh mahomes and and fitzpatrick can really continue their run and um, I'm hoping Mahomes falls flat on his face. so Austin will quit bragging in fantasy, but
1: that's just me. Um, <laughs> Hard to hear you here at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> <computer>
0: <laughs> so you know, as we're coming to a close this week, um, you know, let's let's turn our attention towards strictly fantasy. Um, let's look at some booms and some busts. You know, I uh, I think every week we look at some players who could be some could be stars. Some of which definitely are bona fide stars and have proven in the past, but they're just not living up to expectations. And then sometimes we look at people who came out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're um, booming all over the place. So, uh, Josh, let's start with you. Uh, First of all, let's hear your boom for this week. Who who are we looking at? All right, guys. My boom is
2: a guy that up until this past week you could probably get on the waiver wire. He may still be there. Uh, If he is, I suggest you go get him. His name is Giovanni Bernard uh Mm. Bernard is going to continue to step in as the starter if uh Mixon is unable to go that is worth monitoring because there is some noise that Mixon may be able to play this week um but he did not practice as of today which is Wednesday um if that trend continues then Bernard is going to be the starter again and in Bernard's one start so far this season Which was this past week. He had just under 20 points in PPR leagues. He averaged 5.1 yards per rush um, and he had five receptions. If you were looking at a guy like James Conner, who is obviously in the news because of who he was replacing, if he was putting up 5.1 yards per rush, then people would say that Le'Veon shouldn't even come back. So Mm. if I know this is one game and one game is what it is, but um Bernard I think is a good running back I think he's a good option as a uh running back two. if you know the you got the Panthers on by this week you've got the Redskins on by this week for those of you with uh McCaffrey or Adrian Peterson this is a great week to go get Bernard on waiver if he's available and uh, I don't think you'll have a huge drop off as long as he's playing
0: yeah it's a uh... Definitely an interesting one. A fun fact about uh, Giovanni Bernard on the year. He's averaging 4.5 yards a carry, which is uh, even on limited touches. That's a really respectable number. Um, All right, Josh, who's your bus going to be? Okay. Uh, My bus is a guy I actually played quite a lot last
2: season on my fantasy team. Really liked him. Still really like him, but not this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk had Mm -hmm. a tough game. Uh, in week three against the Bills, uh, he threw for under 300 yards. He had one interception. He fumbled the ball three times and he lost two of those. Uh, he had a great completion percentage at 73% of his passes, but his longest pass of the day was for 19 yards. Uh, when you've got a when you've got a receiver core that includes Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, your longest pass of the day should not be 19 yards. Um, so I wasn't impressed with his game this past week and things are not going to get easier for him. He's got a more difficult matchup this upcoming week, uh, against the LA Rams who are allowing less than 200 pass yards per game. Uh, so obviously it's going to be a very difficult game, uh, even with the injuries that the Rams have experienced in the secondary. I think this is not the
0: week to ride Kirk cousins. All very valid points, and you know, as a Green Bay Packers fan, I think it's never a good week to start Kirk Cousins. So, uh, just two cents (laughs) in there. All right, uh, Austin, who's your boom this week? Let's hear it.
1: My boom will be judged by many and loved by few. It is On Johnson. He just broke the Detroit (laughs) 100-yard rushing curse, Uh, and he still has some hampers. You know, he's he's still sharing the ball with LeGarrette Blount, Theo Riddick, but. He has vastly uh, out-carried them whenever the ball is in his hands. He's doing slightly better than five yards per carry, and the reason why he's my boom is because he's coming up on a Dallas defense that is going to be without Sean Lee in week four. He's, he's the clear favorite in the, background, or in the backfield right now, and Dallas is a team that's allowed 295 yards to opposing teams this season. That's 98 yards per game. Uh, 3.4 yards per carry and Sean Lee's one of the best in the game guys he you know he he's re, he's a lot like Luke Keekley where he reads and dissects plays and he finds himself in the hole that the running back is trying to shoot through and they do not have a guy to uh, replace him if he is on the bench so carry on Johnson is is the guy for the week if if you're having running back troubles uh, if maybe you have Christian McCaffrey and he's on a bye week this week carry on Johnson is definitely a guy that I think uh, has a real chance at being successful this week.
0: And if you're into sentimental value of fantasy picks, he is officially the one who broke a 70 game drought without a hundred yard rusher for Detroit. Put that which in perspective. is impressive. 70 yeah. games without a hundred yard rusher. That's like almost Cleveland Browns
1: not good.
0: So <laughs> anyway, just one. <laughs> um, all right, Austin uh who's your who's your bust
1: (laughs) we just got done talking him up and i know uh that i was part of that but if any of the quarterbacks are going to bust this week i think it's going to be ryan fitzpatrick he's going up against the chicago defense with khalil mack uh chicago so far has 14 sacks on the season they have five interceptions on the season and let's just say it again they have khalil mack that dude is debatably the best pass rusher in the game right now uh, debatably the best linebacker in the game right now I would I can see people making an argument for it and Ryan Fitzpatrick is, Patrick is a guy who showed last week that he was human he's sort of coming back down to earth um, he still had a supernatural uh, second half but uh, everybody who has played the Bears so far has crumbled under the pressure of Khalil Mack and they're throwing interceptions and Ryan Fitzpatrick is interception, you know, prone. So, I think I'm gonna stay with Ryan Fitzpatrick being my bus this week.
0: That's you know, it's a safe pick whenever a defense has dominated people so thoroughly. Uh, fun fact on Khalil Mack: um, through three games this year, he has four sacks and three forced fumbles.
1: Dude, he's, so he's an animal.
0: He's averaging one forced fumble a game throughout the 2018 season. At this point, he will be the greatest fumble creator of all time. Which is, um, is a um, weird thing to, to add? be. To
2: add to that, he also has a fumble recovery. He also has an interception. He also has a touchdown. And we're looking at three games.
1: Which is nuts. These These are stats that had Julius Peppers had during an entire season. He would have been like, yeah, I had a pretty good year yeah <laughs> and, o- outside
2: and the- outside of peppers wanting more sacks than that the extracurriculars like the forced fumbles the fumble recoveries the picks scoring points those are got ga- those are numbers that most guys even when they make it to the nfl won't have throughout their career no. and khalil gets it in three games yeah. that and, the,
0: the guy's a freak and the pick six is is it shows you the star power that khalil has uh before we quickly move on uh K- khalil's Pick six happened against the Green Bay Packers when um, Aaron Rodgers went down with his leg injury. Brett Hundley stepped in, and he did what star players do, and that's when a backup comes in, he took advantage of it. He forced a fumble and then took a pick six back to the house. And so as a star player, the same way a quarterback will dissect a rookie corner when a veteran goes out, he will go right at that rookie corner. He went right at uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Sorry, not Brett Hundley. Um, He went right at Deshaun Kaiser, ripped that ball out, Took a pick six to the house, and he changed the game, and they didn't quite pull it out, but if they would have pulled it out, it would have been because of Khalil Mack and because of Khalil Mack alone.
1: No, um, footnote, Aaron Rodgers came back and dissected that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, he did. That's what happened.
0: And I and, and I took a great amount of joy in that, let's be totally oh, honest. Oh, I, I did too. Yeah. Um, all right, my boom of the week is going to be David Johnson, which you know some people may roll their eyes at uh, because it's David Johnson. But on the year, he's thirty-four carries, one hundred and sixteen yards. It's three point four yards uh, per carry. Um, yeah, you know, to this point, David Johnson has had a tough year.
1: Under underplaying. Yes,
0: um, he only has one touchdown. You know, that's that's hard to look at. Not but getting a lot of
2: help. He's not yeah, getting
0: any help. You know, first he had Sam Bradford in his quarterback, which I think we were all fooled a little bit by Sam Bradford last year playing for the Vikings. You know, he was throwing to Adam Thielen and uh, Stephon Diggs and Kyle Rudolph, and he was like, where "Oh wow," Sam you know, Sam Bradford looks really, <laughs> Sam Bradford looks really good, and then all of a sudden he goes to uh, Arizona where he doesn't have all those weapons, and he looks like Sam Bradford. So, um,
1: a legitimate question does Does Josh Josh Rosen right? Yep. Does Josh Rosen present? a better opportunity for David Johnson to do his thing?
0: Honestly, I don't necessarily know that. Um, I can't say that he does present a better opportunity. Um, But you've also got to look at some of the other factors here. You know, David Johnson is – let's be honest. We know David Johnson. We've seen David Johnson in the past. Yeah. Um, We've seen what he can do. Two years ago. Yeah. Not – True, two years ago. And he's coming back from a wrist injury, which obviously doesn't affect his lower body, his running, uh, things of that nature. But he's going against the Seattle defense, which you put all the stats aside. You just put the Seattle defense up against the eye test, and I am not impressed. I have not seen anything from their front seven that indicates that they will be um, formidable in any way. You know, David Johnson is going from last week playing against the Chicago Bears defense to going against playing Seattle. And I just think that this could be the week... You know, you're looking at a defense that whenever a rookie comes in, they, you know, they smell blood in the water, they pin their ears back trying to get the rookie. And for the same reason that I think Kareem Hunt may have a big game when uh, Mm. Patrick Mahomes is getting uh, pressured heavily, I'm thinking that David Johnson will have a similar good game. I'm not calling for anything crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if, because Josh Rosen is coming in, his first NFL start, they're looking at a lot of checkdowns, they're looking at a lot of... um, you know, read option plays, A lot um, of run, throws. yeah, a lot of run pass options, a lot of planned throws, a lot of screens, a lot of check downs. That's what I'm expecting out of Josh Rosen in his first game, even though he's got a big live arm, he can sling the ball, but this is the NFL, you know, you yeah. got it, you got to, you got to get in slow, you know? Um, right. so anyway, that's, uh, that's my boom of the week and my, my bust of the week, um, has a lot less to do with the player and a lot more to do with who he's playing. Um, And not even necessarily the players he's playing against, but more so the coach. So I'm going with my bust of the week being Ryan Tannehill. Um, Mm. We all saw or heard what happened to New England. Um, (laughs) It was a crime scene. It was, uh, you know, we'll pray for those boys because, you know, Bill Belichick worked them like dogs. (laughs) Number one, he lost to Matt Patricia, who was a protege of Bill Belichick. And yeah. let's be honest, Bill was not happy about that. We we got to expect Bill to not be happy about it. I saw a clip of Bill walking <laughs> into the game, and there's two or three kids holding their hands out for a high five, and he literally looked in the other direction, which is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but
1: Detroit should not be beating anybody.
0: Detroit should not be beating anybody. I mean, they lost to Sam Darnold, um, which no no shade on Sam Darnold. But, um, well, what do you think about Matt Patricia coming – uh, back to,
2: to play against the Patriots and beating them in his first game as a head coach.
1: If he wins, if, if this is the only game that he wins all year, it's it a was success. a successful yeah. year for yeah. Matt Patricia. Number one, I the, so the,
0: the Lions look terrible. And number two, he beat Bill Belichick, which just got Agreed. has to feel good. You know, you saw Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick meet at the, at the middle of the field at the end of the game. Um And Matt Patricia like clapped him on the shoulder and he's trying to, you know, talked to him a little bit and bill was just not having it which is just so great bill belichick just offers oh, yeah. up so much in the way of uh um just enjoyable laughable <laughs> things to look at um yeah. <laughs> anyway having said that you know looking at um the patriots defense not outstanding on paper but I'm, I'm i'm factoring it in a little more so with having to do with bill belichick and making sure his team is showing up ready to play i um, expecting uh them to play a ball control type game um and I'm just expecting Ryan Tannehill to really not have the ability to stretch the field so much because I think once you start getting into division play and stuff like that, I think you're looking a little more at uh, being prepared, knowing your opponent, knowing their tendencies. Um, so yeah, I think Bill Belichick's going to have his team show up, um, be ready to go, and be ready to uh, be ready to take one against the Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill.
1: Patriots, Patriots by 95 this 95. week. Uh, yeah, Bill Belichick will not lose another game. Well,
2: yeah. and fun fact about <laughs> Tannehill that some people may not realize because we're still early in the season, and Tannehill has been kind of picked on in the past. But you're, you're looking at a guy that right now has a 73% completion percentage. He's thrown seven touchdowns to two interceptions, and he's thrown for almost 700 yards. So without
1: Jarvis Landry, yeah.
2: yeah so to this point, Ryan Tannehill is having a superstar type season for Ryan Tannehill.
1: Yeah. Right. um, It's all you can ask out of Ryan
0: Tannehill this season.
2: Absolutely is. is. And and Eli, I don't disagree with your point at all. just wanted everybody to be aware that if he's a bust this week, it's not because he's a bust player. Absolutely. It's,
0: it would have more to do with the Patriots than it would be how Ryan Tannehill has started this young season. It has to do more so with the fact that he is facing a team that knows him that has beaten the dolphins mercilessly year in and year out recently. (laughs) Um, and, yeah, you know, sometimes there's a train coming on and you can't do anything. <laughs> you're stuck in the car and the train just nails you. So, sorry, Ryan Tannehill. Sorry, yeah. Dolphins. But you're going to get got. The car is God. locked, Ryan. Yeah, the car is locked. Your foot stuck in the railroad track. You're just stuck, yeah. man. I'm sorry. Um, anyway... Thanks so much for joining us this week at uh, Shop Talk Sports. Uh, we hope to catch you guys next week when we talk a little bit more about Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick and see how they perform in their Week 4 games. Uh, also, we're going to be live reacting to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos on Monday night. Um, look at the fantasy ramifications and obviously get a more in-depth and closer look at the two teams, Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos. So, again, we thank you for joining us. My name is Eli. I'm Josh.
1: And I'm 0 hate you
0: and he's austin and we thank you so much for joining us you guys have a great week and we'll catch you next time on shop talk sports